following is a presentation of Artisan Church in Rochester, New York. Good morning, everyone. I'm going to read our pre-sermon reading this morning, which is uh, chapter 1 from the book of Exodus. These are the names of the sons of Israel who came to Egypt with Jacob, each with his household. Reuben, Simeon, Levi, and Judah, Issachar, Zebulun, and Benjamin, Dan and Nephtali, Gad and Asher. The total number of people born to Jacob was 70. Joseph was already in Egypt. Then Joseph died and all of his brothers and that whole generation. But the Israelites were fruitful and prolific. They multiplied and grew exceedingly strong so that the land was filled with them. Now a new king arose over Egypt who did not know Joseph. He said to his people, look, the Israelite people are more numerous and more powerful than we. Come, let us deal shrewdly with them or they will increase and in the event of war, join our enemies and fight against us and escape from the land. Therefore, they set taskmasters over them to oppress them with forced labor. They built supply cities, Pithom and Ramses, for Pharaoh. But the more they were oppressed, the more they multiplied and spread, so that the Egyptians came to dread the Israelites. The Egyptians became ruthless in imposing tasks on the Israelites and made their lives bitter with hard work, with hard service in mortar and brick and in every kind of field labor. They were ruthless in all the tasks that they imposed on them. The king of Egypt said to the Hebrew midwives, one of whom was named Sifra and the other Puah, when you act as midwives to the Hebrew women and see them on the birth stool, if it is a boy, kill him. But if it is a girl, she shall live. But the midwives feared God. They did not do as the king of Egypt commanded them, but they let the boys live. So the king of Egypt summoned the midwives and said to them, Why have you done this and allowed the boys to live? The midwives said to Pharaoh, Because the Hebrew women are not like the Egyptian women, for they are vigorous and give birth before the midwife comes to them. So God dealt well with the midwives, and the people multiplied and became very strong. And because the midwives feared God, he gave them families. Then Pharaoh commanded all his people, every boy that is born to the Hebrews, you shall throw into the Nile, but you shall let every girl live. Who ruled the world? <laughs> all right. With that, I'm going to uh, introduce our guest speaker for this week. Um, he's been here before. He's had some great messages for us. Uh, he's currently the pastor of Dust Church in Toledo and a great uh, scholar of the text and learner from the text, lifelong learner, uh, I'd like to introduce Don Shiver. Good morning. Thank you, Dan. I love that passage, and uh, hopefully today, after we spend a little bit of time in it, you too will share some of that love of that passage with me. Um, so one of the things that I like to do is ask questions. So if you've been here before when I've spoke, it's been a little while. I think this is my third or fourth time I've been here. Um, I like to ask questions, uh, and I like to have you give me your thoughts and ideas. So it's kind of a choose-your-own-adventure sermon, if you will. So what I'd like to do is, so Dan did a good job. We really didn't need those first few verses. I just wanted Dan to have to read those names. Um, but what I want to do is, you all use a lectionary, 
Uh, one of the things that I use uh, is called uh, the portions readings or the Torah Parsha. And that is a, the readings each week, same as a lectionary, but it reads through the Torah in one year. This week's portion was for Exodus 1 through Exodus 5. So what I want to begin with is see if as a collective community, we can kind of fill in some of the story of that first few book or first few chapters of Exodus. So where it ends is right before the plagues start happening. Okay? So Dan gave us chapter 1. So what are some elements of the beginning of the Exodus story whether you're remembering it from Prince of Egypt or Charleston Heston, doesn't matter. What are some of the elements that you remember about this first section of Exodus? Moses. Anything else? Basket in the river. Basket in the river. I'm just glad someone else had some because I was like, wow, we have a lot of work to do. <laughs> um, basket in the river. What else? What's that? Miriam's bravery. Miriam's bravery. Excellent. Anything else? Burning bush. What's that? Israel getting a lot bigger. Are you telling me to take off my shoes or are you saying that's part of the story? Yes, so taking off the shoes by the burning bush. Yes, anything else that you can think of? Pharaoh's daughter. Pharaoh's daughter, excellent. Anybody else? Plagues, yes. Slavery, yes. Bricks without straw. Moses murdering an Egyptian. All right, so let's kind of take that, and that's, we did a pretty good job there. I won't belabor that point with you of trying to remember this story. But I think it's really, really important for us to kind of have a sense of what is going on in the text as we begin to read it. One of the things that I think is fascinating is there's some hints in the text about what is taking place and what is going to take place. The Bible, I don't know if you know this or not, most of you probably do, is that there was no chapters and verses when the Bible was written. So, but if you remember, anyone remember what the very last phrase was in chapter 1? What's that? I, I'm so sorry, can you speak up? I but you shall let every girl live. Okay, so here, let me, let me say that I had one slide for this presentation. It didn't make it. That's okay. I don't know if you're fans of memes, but there's a meme that begins with, and at that moment, he knew. <laughs> right? Because what we don't do, and I appreciate there was a couple of you that, that shared this, is what we don't realize is that the next several verses of Exodus 2 is, and then she, and then she, and then her, and then she, and then she, over and over again, Exodus 2 begins with women ruining every plan put in place by Pharaoh. Amen, right? It's important, right? So there's some hints given to us in the text. What do the midwives say? They're like, they, those women. 
the Israelite women, how, what is, I guess the Bible did it best. Uh, they are uh, vigorous, and they give birth before we can even arrive. One of the things that's interesting to me in this passage is, what, what pharaoh is it, by the way, real quick? Anyone remember who the pharaoh was in the passage? No, that's, that's the city being built. Anybody remember what the pharaoh's name was? Oh, that's because he wasn't named. Anybody remember what the midwives' names are? Oh, the midwives were named. So in this story, it seemed good to God, it seemed good to the person writing this, it seemed good to the people passing this tradition down orally that the midwives' names would be remembered and Pharaoh would be forgotten. Just like Pharaoh forgot who Joseph was. Right? So I, every year, what I try to do is, during the summer, is I try to read or study from a very specific place. So one year I'll do queer theory when I'm reading the text. So I'll read all the scholars that I can get my hands on during that time that read the Bible through queer theory. Another time I'll use feminist theory or I'll use womanist theory. What's really fascinating to me is that when I was little, uh, I'm going to give away my age a little bit, uh, I had a Cracker Jack box, right? Any, does everyone know what the Cracker Jack box is? Okay, if you don't, it's like cereal, but smaller and less good for you, but barely. <laughs> and like some cereal, it would have a prize inside. I was like five maybe six, and I got a prize that was this packet. And as I opened it, there was a piece of paper, and then there was a screen that you put over the piece of paper. Anybody know what that is? What is it? It's like, it's like uh, a, code, a decoder, right? Now, I was really fun as a child, and my question about this was, couldn't they have just wrote it without all the stuff over it? <laughs> so we didn't need the decoder? Like, that seems like extra work to me, right? But I want to talk today a little bit about the fact that, unfortunately, that's what we've done with the Bible. See, it's not the Bible that often is the problem. It's the masking over it that is necessary and unfortunately, that means we need to come around and use something like queer theory, liberation theory, womanist theory, to hold over the interpretations that have been handed to us so we can actually see what the original writing was about. It's sad to me. I was really happy. There was a part of me, I, I didn't know what emotion I wanted to have with asking you guys to retell the story. Was I hoping that you would ruin the sermon and mention all the women? Sort of. Was I worried that a woman would not be mentioned at all? Yeah. Because I've been in enough places that most of us, the stories that we've learned about the text, the stories that we learn about God, the stories that we learn about our faith, have been taught through this masking of patriarchy, through this masking of men tending to be up front. I recognize the, the irony here. Uh, men being up front, 
teaching the text. And because of that, it then forces us to come along beside. But I, what I want to encourage you to know is that the Bible wasn't hiding this. It wasn't like I had some special way to see the text. It was that I just read it. Right? The women are vigorous and strong. Listen, if you are Pharaoh and you're going to slaughter the men, in a patriarchal society, what does that make you think is, is going to be the problem coming up? What's that? They'll get weaker, right? But also, who's going to build the cities now? That wasn't Pharaoh's concern because the women are vigorous. Pharaoh's not concerned about who's going to build the cities anymore because the women were strong. Oftentimes, how many of you, I would assume maybe not here at Artisan, but how many of you on Mother's Day have heard the, the Proverbs 31 teaching? Right? I'm going I'm to do something real quick here. I'm going to read a little bit of Proverbs 31. And what I'm going to ask you to do is to not uh, maybe put your decoder ring over this. Right? Or I'm, so here, let me, let me share with you a couple things that are important. Verse 15. She provides the food for the household. Breadwinner. Uh, she considers a field and buys it. Business owner. Uh, the fruit of her hand, she plants the vineyard. Expansion, right? And then she perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Successful business owner. Those are just a couple elements from that, but instead we often read this and without that decoder ring or with, because of how it's been masked, we read it as a way to say, oh, Proverbs 31 women, they serve their men, because we love this verse. Which is, let, me, let me find the verse. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and no harm. That's the part. We love that part, right? But the Bible has this mindset that doesn't share the patriarchal views. Don't get me wrong. There are problematic passages because this is an ancient culture with some, some views that had not evolved or matured. Listen, we're in the U.S. in 2023. There's still some views that have not matured, right? But I want you to hear that the Bible always had a view of women, and particularly the Hebrew women, that they were strong, they were capable, they had autonomy. I did a podcast um, episode a couple weeks ago about Rebecca the Strong. And Rebecca in this story, uh, Isaac seems to be the weakling. Go back and read it. Like Abraham is like, no, Isaac, you can't go. When the servant gets to Rebecca, uh, Laban says, maybe we should ask Rebecca if she wants to go. Right? Rebecca has autonomy. Rebecca is presented as being strong and powerful. It's our later teachings of the text that diminishes the power and the value of women in Scripture, not the Scripture. And what I want us to think about is how do we conscientiously and intentionally 
remove some of those things that have hidden the text from us, who have in some way robbed us. For many here in this church, of many women in this space, you might not hear the teachings that I think are in here because we all know the story of Moses. But we don't know the story of Pua, the midwife, who refused. And listen, the two midwives, their names are Egyptian. These are Egyptian women who subversively undermined the most powerful human in the world. And we're like, oops. <laughs> right? And then you think about Moses' mother who hides him. And then his sister who follows him along the river. And then Pharaoh's own daughter. Hmm. Right? All of this. And it seems that Moses grows up being taught that he is in Hebrew. If you think about this passage, the men are violent in this passage. Pharaoh, kill the boys, afraid of war. All of this is thinking about violence and anger. The women are subversive and powerful, and they work against what Pharaoh is trying to put in place. Let me ask you a question. Does this, can you think of other places in the Bible maybe, that we have maybe overshadowed the role of the woman in the story? Can you think of any stories in the text, that the woman is presented as powerful and strong, but we tend to maybe overlook them and talk about the man in the same section. Esther, yes. That would be hard to overlook Esther, yes. Mary and Joseph. Mary and Joseph, absolutely, yes. Yes, absolutely. All the boys were back at the club sucking their thumb, Right? But the women went out to the, to the tomb. They become the witness of the resurrection. Anything else? Yeah, there is, a, there is a scene in the Bible where some dude is not doing great things and the person in the tent with him, a woman, may have shoved a tent peg through his skull. Um, <laughs> It was effective. <laughs> Solved the problem. So please hear this, because in my experience growing up in the church, growing up in a, I grew up in a very fundamentalist, conservative perspective on the world church. And I didn't hear much about women in the Bible. Listen, Genesis 1 begins with an empty womb. And the Spirit of God hovered over the formless and deep, the tohu vavohu. Much like the Spirit of God, in reminiscent speaking of Mary and Joseph, the Spirit of God hovers over Mary's formless and void womb. The Bible is filled with the power and the story of women. And it shouldn't take us studying womanist theory, which, by the way, you should, it doesn't take us studying feminist theory, by the way, you should. It doesn't take us, I'm not going to keep doing this through all the theories that we get long, 
but queer theory, liberation theory. Monday is MLK Day. The fact that this passage is the passage reading up to that, about the overcoming of oppression and the freedom of slaves, is really important. And we often have and think about MLK, but there's also Rosa Parks. There's so many women that were involved in the civil rights movement that we often don't talk about, that were strong and powerful. Some of the most important people, Harriet Tubman, some of the most powerful and most important people in our world have been women who have stepped up when men were back at the club sucking their thumbs. So I just want to encourage you this morning to think about these passages in a different way to when you sit down, because I don't know about you, but I was handed a Bible that I assumed when I started to think differently was so patriarchal and terrible, and that I almost didn't even want to read it anymore because I thought it's going to be archaic, it's going to be harmful, it's going to be bad. And instead what I found is the Bible wasn't the problem in most of the instances. This story was passed down orally from generation to generation to generation, telling the children around a campfire the story of how midwives, how Moses' mom, how Moses' sister, how Pharaoh's daughter overthrew Pharaoh's plan. And I'm sure, since he's a guy, he thought he pried that thing buttoned up pretty tight. Right? I think he probably thought, I have this, this, this is going to work. But that phrase at the end, but let the girls live. That is a good phrase for so many reasons. And I do think it was at that moment he knew. (laughs) So let me pray over you guys this morning. I encourage you guys to think about the text. Lord, I first want to ask forgiveness for the times that I have taught too many sermons that focused on the males in the story, and neglected to show and demonstrate and talk about the power and the influence of the women of faith that you featured in the text. Lord, may we be, as a faith community, better at showing how strong and powerful we are as a community, and that we learn from the leadership the courageousness, the creativity to be subversive of the women of faith. Lord, I love you, I praise you, I give you all the glory. Amen. For more information, visit us at artisanchurch.com.